0: this morning. We just gotta sing of your praises this morning, God. You've been faithful. You've been good, Jesus. There's no one like you. No one compares to you. Your love is infinite. It's amazing, oh God. Your faithfulness reaches to the skies, oh God. We thank you for your love. We just wanna dance and sing about you, God. We can't contain it. I can't contain this joy. Let's just start declaring the goodness of our God. Let's remember. let's, Let's remind our hearts this morning. Let's remind our souls this morning how great our God is. How good he is. God, we proclaim it with our hearts, God, that you are good. That you are good, Jesus. Always in all you do, God, you are good, Jesus. You are kind and loving in all your ways towards us, God. Life can celebrate because you are good, Jesus. In the sun or rain, God, we know that the Son of God is still shining in the sun or rain in a cloudy sky. God, we know that you still reign, Jesus. This morning I want your heart to be encouraged. I want your, your gaze to be lifted up. I want you to feel the joy of the Holy Ghost this morning because our God is good. Our God is on your side this morning. Well, there's a reason to worship him. There's a reason to sing. There's a reason why we dance and shout. is because our God is good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We believe that this morning, Jesus. I believe. 歌 and that is love endures forever. Sing it again. Say, you are good. Say, you are good, and your love endures forever. Come on, just say it with me. You are good. You are good, and your love endures forever. We believe in Jesus. You are good, and your love endures forever. just on the brink of a breakthrough right now come on can you just stretch out your hands as high as they can go and can you just close your eyes as tight as you can and can you just look and look up and just say God I want to see you right now God I want to see you I want to see you Jesus I don't want anything else I desire you this morning Jesus Jesus break every stronghold in the name of Jesus we want to see you God we want to see you jesus we want to see you lord come on keep reaching out to him this morning jesus i want to see you i want to see you in tongues. Let's just set the atmosphere right now for the Holy Ghost to move. And I feel that that God wants to move powerfully in this service. He wants to move powerfully in your heart right now. So right now, if you're filled with the Holy Spirit or if you want to be right now, just start speaking in that tongue right now. We believe in the book of Acts. We believe in the Bible entire. And we believe that the Holy Spirit is alive. That the Holy Spirit wants to move in this place. Come on, start speaking out, start building your faith right now. Shana ma tena nama so ti na ma ki dana ma sode. Sika na ma na nana ma suda nana na na nana kie oh sikama kue na 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 se. Let the Holy Ghost Come on, this is real. Jesus is real. Come on, stretch out your hand and touch him. Come on. Oh, stretch out your hand and touch him. Stretch out your hand and touch him. This morning, come on. Hallelujah. Jesus, we bless you, God. We want you. Jesus. Jesus oh God we want you to move God oh Lord God Lord we just pray that right now God that you would just soften our hearts and give us ears to hear what you're saying God Lord we just ask for a move of your spirit like never before we ask for the presence of God to just blow such a strong wind in this place oh God ears to hear what you're saying to every heart, God. I know you're speaking to hearts right now, God. You're talking to some of us, oh God. You're reminding us of promises. You're telling us, oh God, things, Lord God, that only we can know. God, right now I pray that you would speak to every heart, Lord. Jesus. believe that God speaks to his people today and right now if you have a word for the body right now that's going to edify us and you feel that God is speaking to you to share right now we open up this time for the gifts of the Holy Spirit to move in this place. Right now, if you are broken, just put your hand on your heart right now and just say, God, heal me. You are my healer. Emotional brokenness, physical brokenness, you know, right now, just put your hand on your heart and just receive that word, God, heal me. Heal me, Jesus. God, I ask that you would heal relationships right now, God would heal marriages right now in the name of jesus that you would heal father god's self-esteem that have been broken down over years oh god of abuse right now god heal do what only you can do holy spirit jesus heal 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 mend in jesus name and god is working on your heart right now Let's keep focusing on him. Let's keep receiving that healing right now. Come on one moment in Jesus' hands, it can heal a lifetime of wounds right now. Let's just allow God to heal your heart right now. Jesus. my portion.
1: raise our hands just in a sign of surrender right now. Lord, you're all that we need. You're our healer. You're our portion. Whatever you're going through today, with your hands raised in an attitude of prayer, would you just surrender it to God? Lord, I surrender my life. I surrender my dreams, my family, my hopes, my ambitions. I surrender my failures, my sins, my mistakes. I surrender, God, Tragedy, sickness, disease, discouragement, lack. God, I just put myself in your hands today. We're going to sing this again. It's very easy to learn. You're my healer. And as we do, with your hands raised, would you declare it today? Make it a statement of faith over your life today, Jesus. I yes, God.
0: That
1: you're, my healer. you're my healer, God. I believe. more time, and then we're going to sing, Nothing's Impossible. And I believe that you're my portion, and And I believe you're more than enough for me. You're more than enough, God. Yes. Come on. Now let's sing it out, Nothing is Impossible, believe it. Nothing you face today is impossible when God's with you. Awfully nothing is impossible. Nothing. our lives in your hands, God. God, take the wheel. God, take my life, Lord. Take control of me, Lord. My family needs you. I need you. This church, this city, our nation, God, this world. God, just take control. Lord, we surrender to you. And today, Lord, we trust that you do good with what we give you. You're a good God. You're not going to make it worse. You're going to make it better. And we're going to put our faith and trust in you that all things are going to work together for our good. In Jesus' name, if you love him, will you just bless the Lord? Come on, say hallelujah. Woo, glory. Would you just give somebody a high five and say God is working for you. Come on and stay standing and give about three other people a high five to this cool video right here as we hang out a little bit. Come on, greet somebody. Welcome to Metro Praise. Amen. If you want to start making your way back to your seat, you guys are all good. Man, it's good seeing you guys here at the second service, 11 a.m. How many love Jesus? Can I get a what? What? Come on. Welcome to church. Tis the season. Amen. See, we're living in the presence of God every week. It's so good to have you here. Second service at 11 a.m. Got good things going on this week. You know what I think is really cool is like while everybody's thinking about the holidays and everything, We can use it as opportunities to talk about Jesus. Do you know that even like non-Christians right now, like are upset that people are trying to take Christmas, you know, out of, you know, Christ out of Christmas. You got so much to talk about right now on the job and things. And you can just say, you know, he's the reason for the season. You know, and just use these opportunities. Because I believe as you do, God is going to bless you in this season. Do you know that a lot of times people come to the Lord during the holidays? Some of them, you know, they're, they're missing families or maybe they didn't have a good time growing up. So keep inviting them to church. Can somebody say amen? Amen. So I'm so excited about the holidays. we got Wednesday services also at 7 o'clock for uh, our young people and a prayer meeting for all adults. And then the last uh, Wednesday of the month, we always do something special. This last Wednesday is going to be a potluck dinner for the family night. Everybody go, yum, yum, yummy. Amen. So, you know, last year we tried to do, we did the Christmas dinner. It was packed out last year, so there was no way with both services we could do the dinner You know, before Christmas So what we're going to do is we're going to do it on that Wednesday after Christmas After you've cooked and everything I was actually thinking about doing a leftover thing Everybody just bring their leftovers And then we just have a good time Because I know I want some of what you guys are eating Is anybody having like an ethnic Christmas Like where your country, your culture You mix it into like American traditions Like maybe some arroz con candules Maybe some lasagna I get my mom to cook lasagna for Christmas Anybody do that besides me? We get some Filipino. What's a Filipino dish? Palabok. Ponset. Come on. See, I, I would love to have some of those leftovers. So uh, come on out. It's going to be a good time. Do not have to bring your leftovers. We'll have the food there. And then elevate. Amen. Good seeing teenagers coming out. Uh, every Friday, 730, teenagers. Got a great youth group for you guys. Come right here. It's awesome. And then anybody excited about Christmas Caroline? Yeah. <laughs> can, can I just... we're just going to practice because it's next Saturday, so we're just going to practice right here, okay? So everybody just stand up with me. Everybody stand up, okay? And this is what I want you to do. I want you to look at somebody while you sing this song, okay? So it's going to be just, because if you can do it now, extremely awkward. So I want uh, you to look at uh, my, girl, my, my friend right here, this young lady, and just sing her this song. We're going to sing We Wish You a Merry Christmas. And I'm going to need you to be very loud, okay? One, two, three. We, we wish, wish you a, a Merry Christmas. Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. Christmas. We, we wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Woo! Come on, we're dancing. Together. It's awesome. You may be seated. See, isn't that fun? So all you gotta do is just come smile, sing, and if you don't like to smile and sing for Jesus, we'll get you saved and introduce you to Jesus at the end of this service. So just come smile. We'll we'll get you all jacked up on hot chocolate and sugar and everything, and we'll put you out there. And I want somebody I want somebody's child to dress up like little uh, you know, little Timmy from the you know the thing. So I want him to come out there with a little crutch. You know, so I want somebody to come out there like Timmy. So one of our children, anybody have a young child, if not young man, we're going to make you Timmy right here. We're going to make you Timmy in the back. Yes. What's what's the full name? I'm forgetting a part when I say t- Tiny Tim. There we go. And he'll just knock on the door, and he'll have like an English accent. May we sing you a song, please? You know, that's more of like a weird accent. I don't know what, I don't know what kind of accent that is, but I just I just want him to hobble to the door, you know. And then we'll all sing and we'll have scarves on and top hats. So just come out and let's just have a good time. And uh, remember the family dinner as well. Anybody excited about the winter retreat? Amen, come on, so no excuses Everybody put this in the calendar Get ready for this, very simple We're going to leave here Friday morning At about 6, 7 o'clock We'll give you the details next month So just get off to Friday We'll drive out to Lake Geneva It's so cool, we're in this huge church And it's like cool when we go out to the suburbs You know what I'm saying, it feels like we're in the promised land now You know, churches have acreage And big parking lots and gymnasium And kitchens and ping pong tables I mean, it's amazing There's so much to do, young adults, adults, family everybody's going to love it. Brother Boom Boom Badonski is going to be speaking. Anybody love Boom Boom? Amen. If you don't know about the Boom Boom, you got to come. He's going. To, he just brings the power of the Holy Ghost, words that will encourage you. Your friends will love it, by the way. So if you have any friends that just want to come out, this is where you need to bring them, family, friends. Uh, God has done great things here at these retreats. So we'll, we'll leave out Friday morning, go out there, do, do it in the, the church. Go to the hotels at night for the after parte. Can somebody say parte? Hey Amen. We get there in time for before the pool closes at 11. So we got the pool, the hot tub, everything. Everybody's hanging out. Wake up in the morning, Saturday. Do it again. And then we leave early Saturday afternoon to come back, uh, you know, home for Saturday night, sleep good, wake up for church. Church is going to be awesome. And then Sunday night, Boom Boom does a special service for all of our friends. We bring them to the house of God here. So just think of it. This is your weekend to get closer to God, to get lambasted in the glory of the Lord. Just think of yourself like a rib laying on the grill, and we're just taking the barbecue sauce and just lathering you up in the glory. Somebody say, glory. (laughs) That was for me, I'm sorry (laughs) So it's going to be cool I want you to be out there This is the vision, everybody say vision Amen, we love God, love people Jesus, Jesus summarized the 613 commandments of the Old Testament That's how many commandments there are in the book of Deuteronomy and Leviticus 613 commandments, he made them two commandments He said, guys, let me keep it simple Love God, love people, and do something about it Everybody look at your neighbor and say, do something about it. Amen. So if you love God, you love people, get out there and do something Hey, eh? do something about it. And this is what our church is built on, is loving God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, loving our neighbor as ourself and doing something about it. And that's why we have a strategy. Can somebody say strategy? Thank you. Our strategy is to connect you to a great life group and help you see the cross of Jesus Christ. And when and you, you get a part of this, it will change your life. Does anybody get life at life groups? Amen. Life groups is the best place to meet others, prayer partners, people that got your back. Amen. And you can develop an intense relationship with God here where you can grow up. Now, some of you, man, you're a little shy and everything. We can crack you out the shell. We can help introduce you to other people because we love shy people. Does anybody love shy people? Anybody love putting shy people on the spot and making their face turn red? Anybody like doing that? I love that. That's what I love to do at life groups. So right now, like somebody's like, I'm shy. I don't know if I want to go. I want you to come so we can just talk about how shy you are in front of the life group. Your face will turn a little red, and then we'll be like, see, you're free. You are free. It's like if you're afraid of heights, you know what we do? We throw you out of a plane. Come on. It's like you're going to skydive. That's how we do therapy here for Jesus. Come on. Just clap your hands because we're crazy. Just clap your hands. Cr- I don't know why I'm clapping, but we're crazy. Thank you. So here's the deal. Come to a life group. That's all I'm saying. A life group is a home Bible study during the week, so you can be a part of it. And while you're there, you can sit down with the discipleship leader one-on-one, and just begin to grow in your faith. And I believe after you do that, you'll get so hungry for God, you're going to be like, profivor, give me ma some more. You're going to be like pretty, pretty pleased, and we will serve it up piping hot just the way you like it, and we will make it rain disciples up in this thing. Are y'all listening to me? Look at your neighbor and say, we're going to make it rain. Hey, man, we're going to make it rain disciples. I want to teach you a cool little phrase right here. We're going to, this is going to be some Holy Ghost aerobics. So you got to like kind of stretch out. Everybody to stretch out for a little bit right here. Okay. Reach up, reach in, reach out. Okay. A little beat for this. Is that going to be too hard for you? There we go. Come on. Uh, uh. <laughs> What type of church is this? This is a cool church. You really like this church. You're glad you came to church. Okay, come on, here's what say. say. Uh, uh, reach up, reach in, reach out, and tickle. Reach up, reach in, and do spirit fingers, spirit fingers. There we, that's how we're going to do it. Reach up, reach in, reach out, spirit fingers. Reach up reach in reach out spirit fingers That's okay can i when i went to you you went to him so it was like we missed each other the spear fingers spear fingers okay that's the vision we believe if we do this we can see a hundred thousand disciples here in the city with 50 church 500 around the world now here's what's cool right now we're starting our second facility ellie will you put up the blog for me please uh in wicker park amen somebody's excited Amen. So I want to tell you guys about this, and we need you to pray today. This is the big deal. We need you to pray. Okay. It's on the blog, and, and, and uh, show them how to get to the blog, please, because some of the people don't know we even have a blog, and you guys can sign up for it. So you just go, first of all, to metropraise.org. Pick on any campus. Say Wicker Park, because that's where we're talking about today. And uh, under About Us, you'll see it. But you also see a big B right there. Just click on that. It stands for blog, if you're cool and you know icons. But other than that, just go to About Us. You'll see Metropraise blog. And uh, what we're talking about right here is this new campus. Now, here's how it's working out. During the summer, if you all remember, we raised some money to start another campus in Wicker Wicker Park. There's a reason why Catholic churches are on, like, every other major block. Have you noticed that? It's like St. Vider's right here, and there's a few blocks that way. There's another Catholic one. We want to put them out of business for Jesus. Amen. Come on, just clap your hands. We're crazy, but just clap your hands right now. So we like the catholics now we're putting them out of business but anyways right now you don't you can't get building properties like this say church rent me so we have to rent storefronts so, this is the situation. Track with me here. We were renting a theater for $1,400 a month because, you know, we couldn't afford a storefront or anything. So, we were just coming there one day a week. It's called the Chopin Theater. We were there, had a launch of about 70 people, and then after that, uh, about uh, 15 to 20 people coming every week. Great. We love it. We've got my man right there in the back, Rudy, with one of his friends from Wicker. Let's give it up. Amen. And so, uh $1,400 a month. We weren't bringing it into offerings, so I just said to the guys, I said, uh, everybody here, write down what your tithes are, you know, anonymously, just so I can know what it is, and then I'll negotiate and see what we have, you know, going into January because we've paid up until December. So we brought in about $700 in the, uh, you know, the tithe and offering pledge thing. So I brought it to the guy, you know, who has the theater, and I said, hey, we can't give you $350 a week, which comes out to $1,400 a month. We can give you about half that, about $100, $150 a week, about five dollars $600 and, uh, you know, a month and a, and a couple, you know, a couple hundred hours a week. That's all we can do. He said, no, that's not good for me. I don't want to do it. So at that point, we are like, now we have all the month of December to find a location. But two doors east of the Chopin Theater is this awesome storefront here. I rolled down a little bit, but I'll let him see on the inside. This is right on the corner of, go up please for me, right there, right on the corner of Division in Milwaukee, and go down now a little bit, and you'll see right here, it is the same size of where the stage is here to the wall, so like from here to the wall, this whole length right here would be the sanctuary, and then that door leads us into a children's area, so it's like awesome, it's like 2,500 square feet, and so I talked to the guy and I said, well, can we just use it once a week, $500, we'll put the utilities in our name, we have the insurance. He's like, cool, so come on out. Well, we come out, and there was like a misunderstanding. He he thought I was going to give him $500 a week when I was going to give him $500 a month for the total of just once a week. Are you guys tracking with me? So he was thinking we were going to give him $2,000. I was like, man, we we don't have that. Otherwise, we would stay there. But he said, you know, well, what can we do for it? And I said, you know what? If we had occupancy seven days a week of this facility and you allowed me to put up the signs and just show them the, the signs of the windows there, if you allowed me to put this plaster this with signs, I guarantee you we could get up to 2,000 because that's why we haven't been able to move very fast there because we have no signage, nobody knows we're there. they're only there one day a week. So because there are tons of empty storefronts right now, he said, let's do it. So we are we are getting this building right here for $500 a month for three months to blow up this location, then going to the $2,000. And it's only it's already worth $4,000, and we'll probably settle somewhere in between. Can somebody just clap their hands right now because God is good. Amen. We're saying thank you to Jesus. Now, if you'll just scroll down a little bit for me, please. Now, here is where... We're getting thrown for a loop right now. Most of you don't even know this, so I need you guys to be prayer partners with me. Uh, We don't even need the finances right now. People are already giving. The Wicker Park already has it. It's pretty much independently already done. It's ready to go. I mean, pray that we keep prospering, but this is not even an offering talk right here. I need you guys to pray because when we come to churches like this, because there aren't buildings that are churches, there are two things that the city likes for us to do. They like for us first to get the fire code up. Now, that's very important because you have to be safe. And so that's why if some of you noticed under our stairs, we took away our little curtains because we were storing stuff there, couldn't do that. We're going to be putting a door on this side and a door on this side here, losing a little bit of seating uh, because we need uh, fire escapes, not a handle door, but they need an emergency door where you push and it just opens up. So if you're like screaming, "Ah!" you're just going to push and go out. It's all cool. It's all good. It's, It's being done. Uh, somebody say fire code. fire code. So fire codes are good, and that's normally what we do. But what he's asking us about right now, because we're in this real, like, kind of yuppie area and everything, what he's talking to us about, he says, we may have to change the zoning. And I know we have uh, Otto over here, Otto owns a restaurant, his family does, and different things. And so zoning basically just says... Uh, Chicago City, would you pimp me for the next like three months to one year of my life that 's basically what it says well you know will you just pimp slap me continually over and over and over again because you 're changing the zoning of what it becomes it 's like this is zoned to be a office now it 's zoned to be a restaurant now it 's zoned to be a church now it 's zoned to be a retail store and when the city gets involved in the zoning there 's all types of controversy they change the laws continually and so what we do is we talk to the alderman as a good church and we just say hey we're making the fire requirements do you have a problem with us being here as a church no if there's any problems you'll have to then start registering the zoning with the city so it's it's something that you don't seek after it's something that you do and then you make the code with the fire and if there's an issue like say one of the big things is parking and how many know like chicago was not prepared for this many people to own this many cars in our city. That's why our roads are narrow. There's not enough parking. And it just goes on and on and on. The things that we're not prepared for as a city, and they're always trying to work on it. They're doing big construction out here. So what we need to pray for is that either A, when we meet with the alderman, he'll say what Tom Allen said here. He said, good, just do the fire code. If we get any complaints about the parking, then we'll zone it off and do all of that, but you're, you're okay. Or if the guy wants to say, well, I'm not moving forward without the zoning, God will just give us... the grace to to do that you know now if it gets too long there's another storefront on the other side that's available and i'll just give him a call and i'll just say hey i got a deal for you you want to give it a try and we'll just move on down the road you know and what you know and he was even saying he's like yeah i'm looking up here like there's some latino churches in the air and he goes i know they haven't zoned and i go let me tell you something you see all these storefront churches in the city none of them zone you know none of them because number one we don't own buildings and we don't stay there very long there are temporary facilities When we zone is when we own the building and we are planting there. That's when churches zone. And so it's, you know, part of our uh, governor going to jail. It's part of this, uh, what they call Chicago politics is uh, white men in jogging suits. You know, it's just another way for people to to just hold up the money. But we never, you can see as this this church, does this church look nice? Can you tell it's an excellence? Do you see the doors, the elevators and all of that? We always have the safety codes, okay? It's not a code. It's a zoning. Everybody with me? So let's pray for that right now. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. Uh, We are not uh, lawbreakers. We are law-abiding citizens. Uh, Lord, so we ask you, God, for grace in this, either for favor, as they've given us here, to say it's not important because you don't own the building. And uh, as long as there's no issues, it's fine. You're a blessing to the community. Lord, we pray for that. I would prefer that, God, so we ask for that. Uh, But Lord, if there is... a community here or some type of uh, organization that just likes to have every, you know, thing done for their benefit so everybody gets paid and pays these costs for zoning and all of these officials that have to come out and do that. Lord, we just pray that you'll give us grace to to go through that because, God, we only have until December, Lord, uh, in this one facility, and we don't want to uh, lose the momentum we have. And lastly, Lord, if this is a door that we're excited about, but it's not you and this is a red flag, just open up the next door for us, Lord. Uh, basically, Lord, I have three options, and I don't know which one to do, and I need you to lead and guide me and be with the church so that they won't get discouraged. And just know that, God, you are doing something awesome in Wicker Park. Lives are being changed, and it's worth it, whatever we got to go through, for us to continue to be there for you. In Jesus' name, can everybody say amen? Amen. Just to give you an example of this building, right across the street is a high-rise with over 300 units and about a thousand people living there, so our congregation is just in the building next to us, you know. And then you got condos literally on top of our building and all around. And then here's something that gets me really excited because I love the hood. Is there is a Section 8 housing literally right down Milwaukee there, and homeless people all around. So I just see the vision that God gave me as a preacher. I call it from the ghetto to the pento, you know, like from the ghetto to the pento. I see it all coming together there, amen. And we're going to have like a, a third Sunday service there. 5 p.m., a Tuesday Bible study. Ellie and Lilani will start a youth group Fridays at 7.30 because there's teenagers all there. And then our Saturday evangelism will park right there, do the soup, hand out hot chocolates. Things they're doing now on the streets, they'll do out of that building. Can we just say thank you, Jesus. Amen. So you can see, we need you to pray. That's the bottom line. And my dad was with me for uh, Bethany's uh, third birthday yesterday and he was there and he was there when I was on the call and he could see that, you know, it was just kind of taking the wind out of my sail. And he said, Joe, it's just the devil. Do not let it get you down. So please pray for us and let's believe God to do it. Amen. Amen. Would you stand up uh, with me please today? We're going to prepare to receive our tithe and offering today. When you give to our church, we ask that uh, you would give a tithe and an offering. Right now, we're asking that our offering would go towards the building fund. And uh, we have $1,000 left on the building, uh, excuse me, on the camera, because if we don't pay it off, we're gonna incur a $500 interest payment. So very simply, just circle building, give something to it, and then we can pay it off. What does that camera do? It puts every sermon for free online on YouTube for your friends and family to watch. Does anybody think that's cool? Amen. So please help us with that. And then uh, right now we're supporting 200 churches around the world with materials and with various gifts. And let me just share with you a gift that you're giving right now uh, that you may not even know about. But when you circle missions, you are a part of this. So um, we went to uh, Vijayawada, Southern India, for the trip in August. And I'm there and there was a woman who had lost her husband. And she's living as a widow, very poor, a couple children. And uh, just, I felt for her, man. And so I said to her, uh, to, you know, to Pastor Amit, I said, Pastor Amit, tell her we're going to send her something. We're going to bless her. We're not going to let her suffer and go through this alone because her husband was a pastor. And he said, awesome. And then Christina will, will, will tell you, then there's about like 500 other things that happen in that very next moment. And so I forgot. And then uh, Pastor Amit wrote me and he said, uh, hey Joe uh, when you're going to send that gift for the woman she hasn't got it yet it 's like December and you said in August and I said, man, I'm so excited to do it and so we're going to send her an extra hundred dollars may not seem like a, a lot for us this month, but we send it to her you know what that is for her that's forty one thousand rupee that's what they live off of for one month So we are providing a widow, pastor, widow with her children a month of living in India. can we just thank the Lord for that? Amen. So when you give to missions, that's what you're doing. My wife and I, how we do it, and we're asking everyone in the church to pitch in, is when you're a tither, that is a uh, percentage that you give to the Lord, 10%. Uh, We give that to the Lord as a following his command. And then we ask about the offering. and We try to give to missions and to the building so we can keep this going. I would rather give it here than to extra McDonald's hamburgers or to Immortals the movie. Hello somebody. I want to give it to God. Amen, and I hope you do that with us. Let's pray. Lord, thank you that God you're touching the world through us. It may not seem like a lot, but God, uh, we're able to provide a month of food and necessities for this dear sister and children. Oh, Lord, there's a motorcycle that we bought one time, and now we keep the gas on, and it running so that they can travel to their churches. Lord, there's books that we're always sending out there. And even now during Christmas, forgot to share with the congregation. But, Lord, we're giving them something extra because during this time they all go out, do outreaches because uh, the culture is more receptive of Christianity at this time. And, Lord, we're giving extra so that they can feed more children, they can give out more gifts. Uh, Lord, we just thank you for them. And now, Lord, we pray for us here in America God, we need you to work within our government, the wisdom, God, to these leaders, to take us out of debt, to bring us into prosperity, to to raise up jobs and and economic uh, newness. God, just a fresh revitalization, Lord, with inventive ideas and new companies. And Lord, we ask you to bless our homes and our family that we would provide for our children and our children's children. Lord, we ask you to bless us to be a blessing. In Jesus' name. Can everybody say amen? Amen. Let's say what Paul said on the count of three. One, two, three. And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Will you come forward rejoicing as you give today? Thank you so much. series here for the month of December. It's on God's great gifts. Can everybody say God's great gifts? Thank you. And uh, the first week we talked about gifts of leadership. So I hope you enjoyed that last week, and uh, we talked about how you can look at the leadership here as a gift to you, and you can use your imagination of how you can unwrap us in a pure Christian way, and then tada, where we're your Christmas gift, okay? Now this week, we are going to look at you and how you're a gift, and we're going to unwrap you in a pure Christian way. Can everybody say pure and Christian? Okay, so the bottom line is the gift of leadership, and the gift in you today. I think you're going to love it. And then next week we're going to talk about gifts of the Holy Spirit, how how we had prophecy today and other things. You're going to learn about how everybody can operate in this. And then December 25th, which is Christmas. How many are glad Christmas is on a Sunday? Come on, don't lie. Don't lie. Don't lie. Are you happy? Because now you get to kill two birds with one stone. Instead of just like, you know, like going to church, then having Christmas, now you can go to church and have Christmas. It's together, amen? I think it should be that way every year, right? Like Thanksgiving is always on a Thursday, like Jesus' birthday should always be on Sunday at his house, amen? So don't stay home and have his birthday party at your house by yourself with none of his friends. Come to church where his friends are and hang out. Now, this is the cool thing that I want you to see. We're going to have one combined service, so it's not going to be a 9 and 11, it's going to be just one service at 10. We're going to keep it to an hour because we do respect your family and all that you have to do that day. And then what we're going to do is sing some great Christmas songs, talk about Jesus. I'm going to have a little illustration up here to help your friends and family see who the greatest gift is. What do you think the greatest gift or the person that God has given us the greatest gift? Who is that person? Jesus. Now, do you want your friends to know him? Do you want your family to know him? So I would just suggest like, as a a technique to to trick everybody or just to get them excited, just be like, hey, guys, I got a great gift I wanted you to see. It's huge. It's big. You got to get in the car. Are you all ready? And they're thinking maybe you're going to go somewhere and get a new car. And then you just show up to church, okay, and be like, surprise. And then, like, they come out in their pajamas. They have, like, their slippers on. And they're walking. I am totally cool with that. I don't think you lied. And I think you've built people in church and they can hear about Jesus. Because isn't Jesus the greatest gift? If you told me, I'm going to give you the greatest gift you can ever have in the world, and then you showed me a Lexus, I'd be like, womp, womp. I'm like, that's not the greatest gift. I mean, I'll drive it. I'll be like, you know, after I did all that, I'll say, can I have the keys? Like, don't take it back. But I wouldn't be like, that's the greatest gift? If you were like, man, here's the greatest gift, and you gave me a mansion, I'd be like, that's eh, missing a little something. Because how many people know people in mansions are lonely? How many know people with Lexuses are lonely? How many know that money can't buy you happiness or love, like the Beatles said? So we want you guys to come on out for that and learn about Jesus. Will you open up your Bibles with me to Romans chapter 12, verse 3. 3. Now today we're going to talk about gifts in the church. Now when we talk about this, What comes to my mind is this story from Spider-Man, the the new version, Spider-Man. Yes, this is how I think it's pretty cool, so just track with me. It was the first one. His uncle is taking him to the museum. This is before he gets bitten by the spider. And he's there in the car with his dad. And his dad says, you're special. Don't be depressed. I guess he didn't get a girl or something. He's like, don't be depressed. You're special. And then you know what he says back? He says, if everybody is special, then how is anyone special? I don't know if anybody remembers that talk in the car. If not, go back and watch the movie again. You'll see that little talk. Do it just for me, okay? Now, w- when he's there and he says that, it's, it stuck with me because think about it. If I say to you, you're special, and special means unique, you know, you're, you're gifted, you're so awesome. And then I look to the next person, I go, and you're special too. And then I go to you and I go, you're special. Well, then if we're all special, doesn't special become normal? And then now there's no such thing as special? Think about it. How can everybody be special? Special means that not everybody is special because that's what makes you special. But if everybody is special, there's nothing special about you then because you're just normal like everybody else. So you're not special. You're just normal. It's not a mind game. Just think about it. And so I began to think, but that's not true. We are special. And the Bible does teach we're special. And I wanted to learn more about this. I remember praying. So I had a deep moment because of Spider-Man here. And I was just praying because it settled in my heart. Like, man, you know, if everybody's special, then how am I special? And this is what the illustration God gave to me is that when i had my first child bethany i would say to bethany i love you with all my heart i love you so much there's nobody i love as much as you you're so awesome and then when when baby hannah was coming i got like scared and a little nervous because i'm like how can i tell bethany i love you more than anything else and then all of a sudden i have hannah and then do do i give 50 percent to each one but then i can't say to the one i love you with everything because now i'm i'm really only giving you half so how do i say i love you with everything and i don't love anybody else more than you but then i love somebody else just as much as you like that is weird for me didn't understand that and so when I had the the second baby and I I put a lot of work into having that second baby okay when Nancy had uh, the second baby rather and Hannah came out Hannah came out I, I understood it like you love Bethany I love Bethany more than I can love anything else in the whole world and then I look at Hannah and I say the same exact statement but I don't think I'm lying in any way because she is so special she is so awesome there's no one else I can love more than her and then I began to think, now we got baby Lucas, our third one. Lucas, uh, baby boy, it means uh, Greek Luke, and he's going to come. And we want to give the Duggars a run for the money and have like a dozen children. And I'm thinking, man, each one of them I can love so much, love, love them more than I love anything else in the world. And I began to think about this, and I, and I began to think, but at some point there would be a limit. At some point, maybe like 20 kids, 30 kids, somewhere along the line, I would be like, what's your name again? I'm sorry, I don't remember. Help me out here. And then some people would say having that many kids might be neglect because how can you really love all that many kids? And so I began to think about God in that, you know, God sees time. God sees the natural world, matter and space. Matter, space, and time make up our dimension of where we live in this reality. Matter, space, and time make up our reality. And I began to think about how we look at time as linear. I'm in this day and age uh, and I'm living here in this body as this person and I can relate to what I've known and been through, but I, I have to go forward in life and I can't go backwards and I don't know anything that really happened before my time other than what I learned about and I certainly don't know what's coming in the front. So all I have is now and that's why it's a gift and we call it the present. And so all we can do is live in now and, and it's like God is not like that though. If we looked at time being a linear event and we are singularly ticking through it, God in his omniscience, all-knowing, circles the entire thing we call time. What that means is there's never a time in God's existence where he didn't know everything. God knew everything as long as he's known himself. There was never a space and time when God did not fill it, God wasn't there, or that God didn't know everything. So everything you and I are experiencing right now, God has already known before he ever made you, before he ever made the universe. He has dwelt for eternity. We think that you know the creation of the world, where was God before the creation of the world? God has never not existed. So as long as God has existed, as far back as you can use your imagination to think God is there. And if I was to say count infinity for me. Go backwards in infinity. You go minus one, minus two, minus three, minus four. And then you get to minus gazillion. But then somebody could say minus gazillion and one. And then somebody else could say, minus gazillion too. You could chase infinity backwards and never capture. And yet God encompasses it. He sees the beginning of everything because he is all-knowing and all-powerful. And then if you said, I want to go forward in time as much as I want to go, and you go one, two, three, four, you know, 2010, this, and we look for eternity, somebody could say infinity, infinity would be... One zillion and one, and then somebody could come next and say one zillion and two, one zillion and three. What am I saying? In the human rational mind and how we live as God's creations, it is impossible for us to go back in an infinite amount of time, and it is impossible for us to go forward in an infinite amount of time. All we can do is just live in the presence of now. When heaven and earth pass away, now will be all that we have as we live for eternity, and yet God knows what eternity looks like for an infinite amount of time because he encompasses it. Now let this blow your mind. Go back to the Spider-Man thing. It's cool, okay? When we look at our children, we have to be able to find something unique in them to remember their name by, their characteristics. And then we say, that's what makes you special. And so then when I look at Bethany, I say, Hannah, I say, your eyes are different, your hair is different, your fingerprint is different, your DNA, your gene code is different. So I can can say, you are different, and then if I uh, love and appreciate those things, I can say, you're special. Now watch this, watch this. God has an infinite mind. God said in Psalms 139 that when he made you, he made you fearfully and wonderfully made. You are so special to him that if you were to count the thoughts that he has about you uniquely, they would outnumber the grains of sand in all the beaches of the world, all the deserts in the world. Now think about how massive the amount of this is like, this this number of sand, uh, you know, specks would be so massive, it would be like 10 to the 100th power. It would be amazing. Now think about you and I. When my wife says to me, Joe, you know, I need you to tell me you love me. And I'm like, honey, I'm going to tell you I love you right now. And then I look at her, and I'm like, and she's like, tell me why you love me. And I'm like, I love you because you're hot. And, and I love you because you cook stuff for me. And uh, I love you because you don't leave me when I act like a jerk. You're so awesome. Okay, what number are we on right now? Like, I'm I'm doing good. I can only name like three things. And and, and then I maybe go to four or five. God can name An infinite amount of things that he knows about you that he loves. So you all got to let this settle in your mind. You're not going to hear a Sunday school rhyme today. You're not going to hear about my old dog growing up. What you just heard today was about the infinite mind of God and how special his creation is. That means when you came to this planet as a being, as a person... God had already known about you. You were orchestrated and created to be a special way for as long as he has ever known himself, which is infinite, he's been thinking about you. Now you might say, Pastor, why would you tell me that? Why would you go to that great depth to show me how amazing God is? Because most people in this church don't feel special. Most of you don't feel special. Most of us deal with low self-esteem it's a fact for me the pastor dealing with insecurity to the single mother to to the happy couple today that wishes they had more of a house like the their their siblings or somebody else or or somebody here trying to get out of college and they can't get the right job we deal with so many insecurities that we disqualify ourselves every day. And then when the preacher says to you, you're special, you have a call on your life, God loves you, you look at yourself in the present right now and you go... Nothing special about me, but you have no idea that God has been thinking about you for an infinite amount of time, having such great love for you. And if you were to count all the things he loves about you, he dared you. He said, you want to talk about how much I love you? Start counting the grains of sand. And as every one of those you count, you can know that's what I'm thinking about you, something good, something special, something unique. You see, you are a gift to this world and one of God's treasures. And like Jay Leno, who likes to collect cars and, and, and talks about them, and I don't know how I watched this, but I must have been bored one day, but I was watching Jay Leno talk about his cars, and this is where it all connected for me. Jay Leno can go from one car to the next car to the next car, and he can go, oh, yeah, I like this car because it's from the early 1900s. It was the first car that Ford made, and it was a steam engine car, and someone so owned this car. Oh, yeah, and then I like this car. It's a hot rod. It was in the 60s, big tires in the back, huge engine, and I like this motor cycle. He can go through each one and tell you why he loves it. I'm going to tell you today, God looks at us as treasures. God can say to each one of us today, because he doesn't live in our time, he can be thinking an infinite about you, an infinite time about you, all of us simultaneously, just filling his heart with his love for us. The creation on this world, what we call mankind, the creation of the world, the Bible said that he loved so much. That he gave his only begotten son. Think about this. Our creator. This would be like me dying for my dog. Are you listening to me? It would be like me dying for an ant. Not even a good illustration. I mean come on. God the creator of everything. Said I love mankind. All six billion of them. Now that uh, we're living, six billion is the most the population the world has ever been. Probably all of the time combined has been about three billion. So let's say God made ten billion of us. God says, "I love all ten billion of them. I can go by each one of them, call them by name, know the hairs of head on their head. I can tell every intimate detail about their thought, every quirky thing they have in their personality, everything they like and dislike. I love each one of them." And I've been thinking about them for an infinite amount of time. He said, I love them so much that I'm going to give my only son Jesus so that they may be saved. Now I want you to look at Romans chapter 12, verse 3. And I want you to see why this is important today. Chapter 12, verse 3. Look at Paul talking. He says, for by the grace given me, can everybody say grace? Thank you. He says, by the grace given me, I say to every one of you. Who is he speaking to? Everybody say everyone. Thank you. He says, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. Let me tell you why he says this. He said, if you don't think you're special, if you don't think you have a place in my creation, if you don't think you have a role to play in this church, you're thinking of yourself too highly. Because it's pride. Now I want you to track with me right here. When we say, "Well, I'm just ordinary, I'm just normal. There's nothing special about me," you know, the church needs to do, you know, ask somebody else to do it because I'm not qualified, I'm not good enough. This is not for me. Somebody else needs to do it. You know what you're saying? You're saying God don't know how to make His creation good. You're saying God, you did all this good, but you messed up with me. You made junk. You must not let your you must have had your angels on break when human souls were coming down the conveyor belt and they were supposed to be. Stand, good or rejected. You let one rejected go by and here I am. You see, when we reject ourselves, when we disqualify ourselves, we think we're being humble. But the Bible says, no, you're being prideful. You're thinking of yourself more highly. You think that God messed up when he made you. And that's pride. You think Well, well, you know, if God wanted me to be special and great, then why would he allow my family to treat me such a way? Or why would he allow me to be born at this time, at this house? Do you know, not only does God know us by name and all this, but he knows the culture, the language, the time in which we live. We could have been born 200 years ago. We could have been born 2,000 years ago. You could have been born in India, and when you woke up this morning, you could have been wiping your hand with your left, wiping your hiney with your left hand this morning. But why are you here? And we say, well, God... I just think you messed up. I shouldn't be here at this time. I shouldn't be in the family that I'm... I should never have been brought into this world at this time. I I shouldn't have been here at this time in this economy. You know, I can't get a job. Or I shouldn't be here at this time in this church. I should be somewhere else. When you start to disqualify yourself, Paul says to you, you're missing what God is doing in you because you are a gift. Keep going. Look at it. Verse 4, just as each one of us has a body, touch your body, come on. Everybody touch your body. Now touch somebody's body in a nice appropriate place, maybe a shoulder. Come on. There you go. Touch somebody. It says, for just as each one of us has one body with many members, is anybody just a pinky here today? Is anybody just a nose? Is anybody just an ear? Do we have many members? Members means many parts. It says, and these members do not all have the same function. So in Christ, we who are many form one body and each member. Somebody say, each member. member. Thank you belongs to all the others. So I want you to think about this. When you say, I don't want to be a part of the church. I'm nobody special. If you knew what I've been through, if you knew my past, you wouldn't want me to help out anyway. You know when you disqualify yourself? It's like the body, the hand, just being cut off and staying at home today. When the Christians come into church say, I'm not special, I'm just a pinky, nobody likes the pinky, this pinky can't really do much, you know what, I'm just going to stay home, and here goes the pinky, you're saying to God, he made junk, and when you, and when you say back to God, you say, God, you know what, look at all the troubles I've been through, look at how jacked up my life is, there's no way you can use me, I'm in a, I feel like I'm an intestine, I'm just all twisted inside, and I'm all plugged up, I, you, know, I, you know, I'm just going to stay home, I'm just going to take my intestine and go home. You see, God has chosen all of us for the life that we live. And he knew through free will that people would hurt each other here. But he knew through that he would work it for good. You see, there are things inside your body that sometimes don't feel good. But there are actually good things going on. When you sneeze, you're getting rid of bacteria. If you don't have those parts in your body when you sneeze, you would not be able to to survive very long, that's a, that's a part of the body that needs to happen. You might say, well, I wish I never had an infection in my life. You see, God allowed the world to have infections, but he gave us a sneeze. And you might say, well, Pastor, why did I go through this? Why did I have these tough times in my life? Maybe God allowed you to go through it so you could help it go out of other people's lives. Do you know that most people that have calls to, to reach drug addicts, used to be on drugs themselves? Do you know that most people that reach battered women came from a battered home? Do you know that most people that adopt or reach out to children, they themselves had a tough childhood growing up? Do you know that some of the most loving, kindest people you'll ever see in life are people who have gone through some of the most hardest times in life? Why? Because God says, I'm using this to keep my body healthy. Even though bad things are happening to the body, I turn it for my good. Keep reading verse 6. We all have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him govern uh, diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. What we're looking at is the body of Christ with Christ as the head and all of us doing our part. And when we see our part in the body of Christ, you know what it is? It's a gift. It's a gift. When you find what you're supposed to do here in this church, it's a gift. When you find what you're supposed to do in your family, it's a gift. When you find what you're supposed to do on the job, it is a gift. You are special. God made you special, and he knows all about you. When we talk about this today, I want you to ask yourself some questions because these are the gifts in the church. Now, if I was doing a service on helping you become a better mom, I would talk about gifts in the family. If, you know, if I wanted to help you on your job, I would talk about what the Bible says about different gifts in the workplace. But today, I want you to see the different gifts in the church. Prophesying, serving, teaching, encouraging, contributing, leadership, and showing mercy. And if right now you say, I'm not very special, you've got some pride. If you say, well, I know there's not something up here for me to do, you've got pride. You're thinking of yourself more highly than you ought. And of course, if you say, I'm too good for this, you have pride. So I hope that you don't have pride today. Somebody say, preach it. Amen. Let's look at prophesying, speaking the words of God to others. Now, as we get into this, I want you to see prophesying is the one spiritual gift. The rest of the six of them are all gifts in the natural. Meaning, prophecy, you have to have the Holy Ghost to do it and some inspiration. The rest of the things we're going to look at, you don't necessarily need that. Anybody can do it. Now, you might say, Pastor, why, do I, why did he put prophesying? Because we're talking about spiritual gifts next week. The nine of them, speaking in tongues, prophesying, gifts of healing. You might ask, why would he put prophesying with serving, contributing, gifts of mercy? You know why I think Paul did it? It's because Paul wanted to teach us that prophecy should be commonplace in the church and that there should be multiple people doing it because it's so important. And here's the way I want you to look at prophecy. If we're always praying and always talking to God, if we're having a conversation, what should be happening in return? If I'm always talking to you and we're hanging out and you're not talking back, that's not a conversation, is it? But if we're hanging out and I I stop talking, what are you going to do? You're going to start talking. And what happens? A conversation. You see, prophecy is speaking the words of God to others. So it's like when we come to church here and we're praying and we're singing songs and then somebody from the, the, the band says, hey, does anybody have a word? What you can do is you can pray at that time and say, God, uh, do you want me to share what you've been telling me during this prayer time? What I'm hearing you tell me. And some of you are like, man, he's not talking to me a whole lot. Maybe you should stop talking and stop thinking about what you're going to do after service. Put your mind on God and you will start to hear him talk. Because it's a gift that he wants you to have. Let's look at Agabus here. In Acts 11:27 27-29, it says, During this time, some prophets came from Jerusalem to Antioch. One of them named Agabus stood up and through the Spirit. Somebody say, through the Spirit. Thank you. Predicted a severe famine would come over the entire Roman world. This happened during the reign of Claudius. The disciples, each according to his own ability, decided to provide for the brothers living in Judea. So imagine... 2005, before the economic downturn, somebody in this prayer time says, hey guys, God is telling me we're about ready to go through a hard time in this culture. If you've got property, sell it now before the bubble bursts. And if you have a great job, start saving money. Don't buy that extra thing you want to get because you're going to need that money. Now, normally when we hear something like that on televangelism, the next, the next thing they say is send me $1,000 and you'll get your miracle. But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking imagine if during that prophecy a real word would come like that. That happened in Bible days through a guy named Agabus. Now, I want you to ask yourself these questions if you want to be used in this gift because maybe God has given you this gift. Number one, have you been baptized in the Holy Spirit, evidence was speaking in tongues? When you look at the book of Acts, which we get that name from the Acts of the Apostles, what these disciples are doing, we see that at the very beginning, Acts chapter 2, they receive the Holy Spirit, they speak in tongues, and through that initiation of that gift of speaking in tongues, prophecy, healings, all of these things begin to flow. So are you baptized in the Holy Spirit speaking in tongues? If not, pray during this week, come to next week's service, and we believe you will be filled. It's for everybody. Number two, do you know the order of Metro Praise and how to use the gift of prophecy at Metro Praise? So basically, like those of you who are baptized in the Holy Spirit, maybe come from another church or you're in our church and you're saying, man, you know, I see Vanessa do it. I sometimes see Ish, the people on the stage. I feel I have a word. Well, let me tell you how we do it here. We don't want it to just come interrupted in the service where it's just like we're playing the song and somebody's like, I've got a word from Jesus. Listen, everybody. Everybody because then it will just scare people even more than what we're scaring them right now, okay? Because already when we speak in tongues and raise our hands, we're already weirdy to a lot of people, okay? But we do it at a certain time when, when you know, the worship will come to, a, to like a silent moment, and then you'll hear the worship leader say, hey, guys, let's hear what God is saying now. And now you're one of those people. You can now participate in this. You can say, God, I'm kind of nervous, but do you want me to share anything? That's why that's happening in church. And how many have heard those words in church and you've been encouraged by those words and you're glad that somebody had a gift to give that Sunday? Amen, Amen, about four of you. And I wish I could put up two hands. I have come into this church, uh, you know, because I do the studying and prayer back there. And sometimes I'll hear somebody do a prophetic word like I did today and I'll just go right to my knees and I'll go, oh my goodness, God, that was directly for me. How did they know? You know, it's like, I told them, you know, I'm a pretty big God. I can tell them what's going on in your life. And that's why we like to hear, that's why I think I like to hear prophecy is because sometimes we feel like we're all alone and nobody else knows. And so when God tells somebody else to tell you what he's thinking, you're like, dude, God loves me. God cares about me. Look at the next one. Do you sense God give you words for others? Have you ever been around people and and like, it's not your conscience. You can hear from three different things yourself by your conscience. You can hear from the devil, bad, don't want to go there. Or you can hear from God. Have you ever been around people and God put something in your heart? And then you want to share it with them, but you're you're kind of nervous. I don't know if you've ever felt that way before, but I have. And then I've actually shared it with them, and I've actually seen people get their lives changed from little things. I remember one time I was witnessing, and I was there on Belmont and Clark, and we were there during equal Fest. We had been out at, at Humble Park all day long, and then we went out to you know Belmont and Clark at night, and it was just like crazy out there. And I was talking to this one guy, and he was just like a jerk. He wasn't listening. He was like making fun of me. And I just said, "Okay, dude, can I pray with you before we go?" And he said, "Sure." So, you know, on the streets, I don't close my eyes. I'll just kind of bow my head because I want to be aware of what's going on. So I just said, "God." I just ask you to touch this gentleman, be with him. And the moment I started praying, God said to me, he's lying to you about what his name is and what he thinks about me. I want you to tell him that what his father did was not in my name and that it was the devil lying to his father and tell him that I am not his father. I had literally heard all of that like in like two seconds. And so I'm like, Jesus, bless him and uh, help us have a good day. Amen. And I was just like really nervous. I'm a pastor and I don't get nervous a lot. But it was such one of those things where there's no way to get out of it and to be kind of like kind of sort of about it. It's like you got to come out real. And I said, bro, I'm just going to tell you what I felt God say to me while we were praying. And I told him that. You know what he said? He said, I was born a preacher's kid. I knew what you were doing and I actually came here to mess with you. I wanted to discourage you because my father was a, home, a stay-at-home drunk and would abuse our kids and then go to church and be a minister. And he says, I think it's all a load of crap. And I said, yeah, and you've told me your wrong name too, haven't you? And he said, how did you know? I said, God told me about your father, and God told me you, that, that this wasn't your real name. And I said, what's your real name and what's your real story? And then instantly I saw his face turn pale white And he said, man, what is going on? I said, God is trying to get a hold of you. I'm telling you, I could keep you here with story after story after story of what God has done through this gift right here. It's a gift to the church at this time of prayer. Sometimes people will come up here. now Now you guys may not want to come up here. But, you know, sometimes people will come up for prayer, and they'll come for one thing, and then one of our prayer workers will say, I think God's wanting me to pray for your marriage. And and by the way, if you ever hear us say that and it's wrong, you can just go, hey, it's not it's not me. I I did tell you my right name, and my dad's a good guy. You know, he, if he would have told that to me, I'd have been like, okay, I'm sorry, but I ha- I had to be obedient to what God said. And so do you, and so we've heard this so many times up here of what God is doing? And then lastly, are you able to submit the words to the elders to confirm that it lines up with the word of God? Because we do take it serious. We're not going to let you come in here and say, let's all move on a commune, let's have each other's wives, God told me. And so if you're willing to do it the way God has shown to do it, if you're hearing God speak it to you, that may be a gift that God's going to use you. And let me just preface by saying this, I think all of these gifts we can all use in occasionally. But I think there's some that will be primary. In. Like, you know you, you know, you may be pretty good at cooking. You might be kind of good at singing. But when it comes to fixing cars, like you're the man. Or, you know, when it comes to drawing, you're the superior. I think that God uses us all a little bit in all of this. But there will be some that you'll just be like, man, this is my passion. And so I want you to ask yourself this question because this may help you decide, uh, uh, distinguish if this is your gift. Are you desperate to speak God's words? to other people. Like, do you get up on Sunday, literally, and you get up and you're like, God, I hope you use me this morning. I hope you, you know, you give me a word for some people because, Lord, I'm going to be in that service. I know a lot of people are going to be hurting and hiding, and they're going to not want to share things. But but if you give me a word, I'll share it. Think about that. Let's keep going on. The next gift that he talks about is serving. And serving is working with others, uh, for others in the church. Luke 17, 7 through 10. Jesus tells this parable. He says, suppose if you had a servant plowing or looking after sheep, would he say to the servant when he comes in from the field, come along now and sit down to eat? Would he not rather say, prepare my supper, get yourself ready, and wait on me while I eat and drink, after you may eat and drink? Would he he then thank the servant because he did what he was told to do so? So you also, when you have done everything you were told to do, should say, we are unworthy servants. We have only done our duty. You see, some people have the gift of servanthood, but you know what happens? They get discouraged because nobody tells them thank you. You know what God is saying to you? Don't worry about it if anybody tells you thank you. He knows what's going on in heaven. He gives the example here. He says, think of somebody having a slave. When they get done working all day, does the slave come home, kick back with the master and go, hey, man, what do we have for dinner? What are you cooking? No, the slave, after he's worked all day, he still comes in, serves the master, and then just lets him be, doesn't even get told thank you. Your Lord and Savior, Jesus, Lord, means boss, master, says to you, that's how I want you to be in the kingdom of God. Stop making it all about you. Get your butt off the pew and stop stinking. That's why they call it a pew. And get out there and work for me. Get out there and tell the world for me what I want them to tell you, to tell you to tell them. And if they never tell you thank you, you know I got your back. It's called the unworthy servant. I have brought in over 30 homeless people into my house. Very seldom that it was I told thank you very seldom. I've given away tons and tons and tons of food. I remember one outreach we did, we gave over 2,000 families something to eat, semi-trucks of food backing up into the major projects of New Orleans. I can count on one hand the amount of people that told me thank you. We work with the youth. We do evangelism. You can ask Adam, very seldom do even the parents come up to the youth pastor and say, dude, I just, man, thank you for working with my kids. Man, thank you for being here for them. You pick them up. You give them everything for free. You let them hang at the church. Thank you for doing that. Seldom. But you know what? Some people have that gift. And they say, you know what? Even if nobody thanks me, I'm going to serve. Went out and did Thanksgiving dinner. Didn't even really get thanked by anybody. But I knew why I was out there. And God wants you to do it. And you might say to yourself, but, Pastor, I don't want to do it. No, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought. Don't you get into that pride. You do it because God gave you that gift. And this is what the gift looks like here. Ask yourself these questions. Number one, do you have a pulse? Do you have a pulse? Because I believe this one, Servant Evolves, what my bracelet says. I believe this is one of those things that nobody's getting out of. You all got that gift if you're saved. Amen? If you're not saved, you're going to hell anyway, so let us serve you so you can get saved. So, you know, just drop your attitude. We want you to go to heaven, all right? I'll wash your feet. I'll do whatever I got to do to get you to heaven. But when you're not going to hell anymore, you're going to want to be like Jesus. And Jesus said the greatest among us would be the servant. So do you have a pause? How about this one? Do you care about others or do you just care about yourself? The next one, are you willing to be second and make somebody else first? How about we all give this a try during holiday shopping? No. You take that you take that parking spot beep beep Pull right in there God, God bless you oh God bless you real good come on you know that's that's what we need to do we just need to practice it with holiday show. no you get the last you you get the last flat screen TV on sale for a hundred yeah you you take it God bless you God bless you so much You you need to put that to practice during this holiday season. Number three, or number four, do you love Jesus? Now, let me just say this. I think all of us are going to do this, but but I'm I'm not going to name names today in our church of people who do these gifts because I don't want anybody to think I left them out. But there are people in this church that blow me away how much they love to do this. I mean, they come early. They stay late. You don't even see them. They clean. They vacuum. They do everything for the children. They take out the garbage And they smile while they do it and I mean, and sometimes I don't get a chance to say a thank you because, you know, it's like I'd have to say thank you to them and then thank you to the nursery worker and then thank you to the cafe and thank you to the person who drove and thank you to the accountant. So all I try to do is just whenever I see them, I'm just like, thank you for helping out. Thank you for helping out. I think this church should be thankful for the servants that we have here. And then the rest of you who think you're weird for doing that, no, you're in a good place because God honors people like you. If that's your get, man, just call on me, Pastor. I'm, I'm here to help out. And do you mean that? Thank you, because you have a great gift to give the body of Christ. Thank you for not keeping that to yourself. Let's go to the next one, teaching, instructing in the truths of God, Matthew 28, 18-20. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and teaching them. Somebody say, teaching them. Thank you to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. You know, the cool thing about the church is that what you learn here, you can share now with other people. Does anybody want to share good things with other people? What you learn here, you can go back to your friends and share. Hey, man, I was was learning about some stuff about, you know, God giving us faith for miracles. Man, let's pray about this situation. You can teach other people. And I believe everybody's going to do that. But then there are some, you just got that gift. You just want to lead a life group. You want to get a part of the youth ministry. You want to be a part of the after school program. You want to be back there with the Sunday school. You may want to be in ministry full time behind the pulpit holding the mic. Come on somebody. Preaching and teaching. Ask yourself these questions. First of all, are you a disciple? Number two, do you like to help explain things to others? Like, are you one of those people that's always just talking about, like, dude, let me just show you my phone right here. Like, I can do this and this and this and this on my phone. Isn't that cool? And then, like, you know, I was watching National Geographic, and there's, like, these hippopotamus. They live in the water, and they shake their tail, and then their dung goes flying everywhere like that. But it's, like, so cool because if they didn't do that, they just dropped it. It would be, like, all crazy. And then there's, like, these little bugs, and they eat on the little hippopotamus, and it, like, it makes the hippopotamus better. Now, a lot of times we think of those people as being annoying people. But you know what? That just probably means they have the gift of teaching. They just love to teach. Guess what I want to do with one of those people? Put them in front of our children. Hey, can I tell you about Jesus? Jesus is so cool. Jesus does this. Jesus does that. Hey, you know what? Jesus would help you with your, you know, this and that. We put them with the the Wednesday uh, uh, Royal Rangers and Missionette. you want to learn how to fold a flag, young men? Hey, little girls, you want to learn how to make some arts and crafts? you want to be mommies when you grow up? See, teachers are awesome. You may have that gift. Are you a disciple? Number two, do you like to help explain things to other people? Number three, are you living what you desire to teach? So whatever you're teaching, are you living it out? We just don't want hypocrites. We, we don't need perfect people either because then nobody would do it. But as long as you're being honest about where you are and what you're teaching, that's what God's looking for. Number four, are you willing to be taught so that you can be the best teacher possible? I hope I don't come off as a know-it-all because I certainly don't want our teachers to be know-it-alls. But if you know something, share it. And Now here's something to ask yourself if you may have the gift of a teacher. Are you always explaining something to someone? If that is your gift, if you can just make complicated things simple, if you're the one the friends call up to help, you know, get online to get the good deal, the good tickets, the good prices, you may have that call to be a teacher. And God wants you to use it here. Let's go to encouraging. Everybody go, ah. Oh. Building others up with your words. First Thessalonians chapter 3, 1 through 3. So when we could stand it no longer, we thought it best to be left by ourselves in Athens. We sent Timothy, who is our brother and God's fellow worker in spreading the gospel of Christ, to strengthen and encourage. Everybody say, strengthen and encourage. Thank you, you in the faith, so that no one would be unsettled by these trials. You know how trials of life can unsettle you, unravel you? but people can encourage you and strengthen you to go through them. You know quite well that we were destined for them. You know that, guys? God knows our destiny, and we're going to have some trials. We're going to have some shaking in our life, but people around us can encourage us. Now, this is one of those things that generally guys are not good with encouraging. You know, Guys are normally like, yeah, what's up, dumbhead? Good to see you, dude. Well, how are you doing, jerk? You know, And like, guys will talk to each other like that. Or like, you know, you never see like a guy like going to another guy going, let's just go together over coffee and talk about our problems. You know, if if you know if, if a guy said that to another guy, we'd be like, no, dude, I'm not giving you my number. I'm sorry. Or like guys, we're not good with crying either. Guys are definitely not good with crying. So like, you know, like some guy's like, like his bottom lip is quivering. We're, and the tears coming down his eye, we're just like, pat, pat. You're going to be okay, dude. You're going to be all right. Talk to you later, man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's like what we're like. You know, you could be like playing basketball with a guy. He breaks a bone, falls on the floor. We're like, walk it off, dude. Walk it off. You're OK. Dude's like limping. Just walk it off, man. You're OK. Slap him on the butt. You know? But then, like, girls, you know, it's just like, I broke my nail. Oh, really? Talk to me about it when I break my nails. Oh, I know what you mean. Because girls are, like, so much better at, like, communicating. You know what I'm saying? And and then, you know, like, oh, you wouldn't believe this. But but there are guys and girls that are, like, encouragers. Like, when somebody cries, like, they feel it. When somebody's hurting, they feel it. You know, we can look at these questions that, you know, you need to ask yourself because we need encouragers at MetroPraise. How about this? Do you like to be encouraged? Have you ever been that lonely person and somebody sent you a Facebook prayer request? I mean, a prayer like, dude, I'm praying for you. Sent you a scripture or somebody called you up. Were you encouraged? How about this? Do you relate to other people's pains and problems? There are people in this church. I'm telling you. man. I wish I could name them because I would, but then I wouldn't name them all and somebody would get hurt and then we'd have to have a long talk about it. But let me just tell you this. This church has so many people that love and care about you, that just love to hear your pains and your problems. I can't tell you how many countless Sundays after church, just ordinary people like you are sitting in the conference room in the back and somebody is going through a code red, my life is falling apart. And there is some leader, and I'll look at their eyes and they're crying with them. There's somebody that's showing up at somebody else's house, going the extra mile. Now I want to ask you this question. Do you want to do that for somebody else? Or do you want to think of yourself more highly than you are? Well, I'm not special. I mean, I'm not good at encouraging. That's not me. Who said? Have you asked God yet? Have you asked him? Have you checked to see if you have that gift? God may be putting that gift in you. Are you filled with God's love? Do you want to see changed life? Here's a question. Do you feel empty unless you make someone's day? You see, I'm so thankful for encouragers, man. They can't say anything negative about anybody. I love people like that because they're just always encouraging. They're the kind of people like at the, you know, at the water fountain, everybody else is talking, yeah, our boss is a jerk, our boss is this. And then they say, yeah, but our boss gets stuff done. I mean, kind of glad he's our boss. You know, we have a job and don't mind helping him out. And it's the one that everybody looks like, like, kiss butt, yeah, all right. But it's that person that gets the raise. Because they're that positive encourager. They're the one that instead of stomping on the next co-worker to get the next sales, you're like, hey, man, you can do it. Come on, let's, let me help you out. Let me show you how to do this. You see, everybody in life loves to be encouraged. God has gifts in his church for encouragers. Think about how valuable that is. How about this one, contributing, helping meet the needs of others. Now, we know the Samaritan story, but most of us gloss over it as a Sunday school parable for children. We don't understand how real this is. Let me read it for you and take a look at it, see if you see something new. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was. When he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him, bandaged his wounds, poured oil oil and wine. So like right here, we're cool. We understand this. You know, like the guy's hurt. Samaritan comes. He gives him some medicine. He's okay. But track with this. Then he put the man on his donkey, took him to an inn, and took care of him. So it went from just helping the guy with the flat tire to, hey, I'll give you a ride in my car, and I'll buy you another tire. The next day, he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper. He said, look after him, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. I can't tell you how many times in this church people and their generosity have made a difference. And I'll just tell you some examples outside of this church, because I don't want everybody to think, well, why, why didn't he tell my story? Let me just tell you examples. I remember this businessman. He was the pastor's son of a church I would raise finances at, for for uh, for what I was doing in New Orleans. And he was the pastor's son. He was such a humble guy. He came and he slept on the floor with. We got people putting on their jackets. Can we uh, kick down the AC, mon frere? Thank you. I think they maybe saw we were getting a little hot, and you apologize about that. I see people putting it on jackets, and it's like the next thing, like the ear muffs, little little smoke coming out of your mouth. You know I'm talking about the little air thing. And um, just a great guy. His church, big church, two or 3,000 members, made a $70,000 pledge to our church. So, I mean, it, that right there just blows my mind, how a church gives $70,000 to another church. But that's not even the story. The story is he's with us. We're hanging out. He's sleeping on the floor. Guy's a multimillionaire. sells real estate all up and down uh, Minneapolis. He's sleeping on the floor. He's like, Joe, I grew up in church. I, I, you know, I always see the big church. What you guys are doing here, feeding the people. I just love it. He said, Man, just treat me like another one of the mission team. And I just got crazy. You sleeping on the floor. So that's where he was. Well, come to find out, one of our Bible College students uh, went to uh, North Central A.G. School, hundred thousand dollar education, came out with about thirty thousand dollar loan. I said 40000 in the first class, but I think it was more close to 30000 It was a lot of money. You know what he did? He paid her entire debt. He said, you're awesome. He said, you're living for God. You're giving up everything you have to work out here. I want to bless you. And right there, and then you might say, well, pastor, if I, if I had that much money, then oh, yeah, I would be shelling it out all the time. You can't even give your tithe right now, and you're talking, you would do that. Come on, stop lying. And then the other story has to do with somebody who had hardly anything. I was in Nepal, and you know, some of you know the story. Christina, the guy had two birth children, our pastor, Pastor Madhav, and he adopted four other children, four other girls, six children, him and his wife. That's now eight people. He lets his mother-in-law and father-in-law stay there. You know what I'm saying? And while we were there, he brought in a missionary that was from another part of a remote village that was traveling through, stay at his house. So I'm thinking... I've been some, to some homes, you know, that can be a little bit bigger out there. So I'm thinking his house has got to be a little bit bigger to be having 12 people live in his house, 10 permanently, to visiting. two visiting, two-bedroom house. And I said to him, mean, and I've been to India, I've been, but this was extravagant how generous he was. It was not just, I live in Nepal and we just do stuff like this. No, this was like extravagant for people who live in Nepal. And I said, dude, how in the world do you do this? He said, one of the girls possibly would have died. No one was caring for her. Her mother left her. Would have been on the streets. Sex trade, one of the biggest nations for sex trade right now is Nepal. He said, these girls could have been picked up for sex trade. He said, I don't know how to say no. I bring them in. And then I began to think about all the people in this culture and all the people that come to our church and all that we have and the little that we do in comparison. And I said, God, would you raise up some contributors you know, some people again that would dream about adoption and dream about adopting missionaries and supporting places like Teen Challenge that help drug rehabs and people that would contribute to a jail ministry. Bertel went out three months to a jail ministry. Three—I mean, uh, excuse me, three years consistently. Maybe only got about three volunteers from the church to go with him, but he went consistently, contributing Bibles, living it. We went to the dinner. We gave money to it. Why? Because we want to help people. Here's some things to look at because some just really have this gift. But I think everybody can have a part in this. So ask yourself this. Do you like to receive? Okay, if you have the gift of receiving, guess what God's calling you to have the gift of? The gift of giving. Have you been blessed? Do you have something to give? Let me just share this. I understand. I understand garage sales. I do. I get it. But come on, somebody, let's give away that blender from the 1980s. Can we do that? Let's give away that 30-pound, you know, 10-inch TV to somebody. Can you just? I'm, I'm going to challenge you guys. Just do it this year. Instead of a garage sale, just give away for Jesus Day. Amen. Just give it away. Just give everything you have away that you don't need. Get into the mindset that you can just give it away. You know what that? You know what that Samaritan did? He said, "Get on my horse." I'm going to take you to a hotel. I'm going to pay for you to be here, and I'm going to check back on you. That's extravagant giving. Now, some of you say, I can't do all that. Do what you can. And I thank God for those that are contributors. Look at the question here, because you may be here as well. Is your biggest prayer, God bless me, to bless others? God bless me. To bless others. When we get into a different series, I already have the video already that I'm going to play with you for you guys. The CEO of Hobby Lobby, the Christian man, his testimony. He'll tell you how he started in a storefront, multi-billionaire now, multi-billion company. And his prayer from his dad was a pastor. I'm almost telling it right now. His dad was a pastor, and his prayer was, "I don't feel called to ministry." but I want to support ministries for the rest of my life. Give me a business, God, that I can change the world with. That's what he prayed, Hobby Lobby. Have you heard of it? Come on, somebody. I'm going to go through these last ones quickly. Leadership. Leadership is organizing and planning. Timothy was a leader to the church that he was in, and I love leaders because I can relate to leaders because I am a leader. And leaders have like this: like, do you want to grow the body of Christ? Are you willing to be trained? You need to think about that. Do you always see the structure for things, and do you want to change the world? You see, leaders are the type of people. Like after the service, like a couple people are going to be like, uh, "Should we go to you know Golden Nugget or should we go to McNamara's? No, listen, we're going to go to McNamara's, You're going to go ride in my car. You're going you're going to ride in that car, and then I'm going to pay for you because. You're You're a little short on money right now, so it's okay. And then you know what? We're all going to go to see the movie after that, and then we'll go to live group. We're good. See you guys there. Call me if you have any questions. See, that's how leaders are. Leaders are the one at the table, like, after the meal is over. Like, how are we going to pay for this? Give me the ticket. You're going to pay this. You're going to pay this. You're going to pay this. Love you. Leaders are the type of people that come into your house, and they're just like, fix that picture for you. It's a little crooked, you know? And Let me just help you do the dishes. See, leaders can never sit back and do anything. Leaders have to be a part. Of something that they're leading. And here's something to ask yourself. Do you naturally have people follow you? Do you naturally have people follow you? And then the last one today. Can you stand up with me please? The last one. In band would you come? Showing mercy. That one's pretty obvious. Showing mercy is listening, restoring, and giving compassion. It tells the story. I have the story here of Philemon. Do you know who, a, who Philemon was? Philemon was a slave owner that had a slave named Onesimus. Onesimus ran away and stole from his master and ran away. Paul wins him to the Lord while Paul's in jail for serving Christ. Onesimus is in jail for being a crook. Paul wins him to the Lord. And you know what? He says to Philemon, he says, Philemon, take him back, but don't keep him as your slave. Pay him. Let him come back and work for you as a free man. And the Bible says, he said, uh, Paul said to him, Philemon, he said, Philemon, whatever he's stolen from you, let me pay for it. But just let him come back. See, that's the gift of mercy. How many have ever received mercy in their life before? Come on, how many would you like to give that back? Think about some things that you would want to ask yourself about this. Do you like to receive mercy? Do you hurt when others hurt? You know, like like we were talking about, like guys, you know, like, you know, when they're hurt. It's like another guy's like, dude, you're going to be all right. Dude, I want to be that guy that just goes, mijo, mijo. Shh, no, come here. Come right here, mijo. Lay right here. Hear my heart beat for you. Shh, I love you. Do you know I love you? Okay, you go about your way now and you call me anytime you need me. I love you. I want to be that gentle Pastor. I wanna be that guy that can say, come on over here, Danny. Sit on the lap. What's going on? So good. You know, I don't want to be the weird guy that goes to jail. I just want to be that, I want to be that loving guy. I want to be that one that loves people. Do you see other people's hurts? Do you feel like crying when others are crying? Like Nancy, like I can't even let her like read the news anymore at night. I'm like so serious. I'm dead. She'll be like, did you hear about the 10 year old girl that got abducted? And she is like crying. You know, I get hard to the news. I'll be honest with you. I care about the 10 year old girl, but my wife will be in the bed hearing about the girl that got abducted, the, the mother that got raped, the two that died on the street, and she will literally be in the bed and I will hear her crying. It's a gift of mercy. Are you willing to be like Jesus to others? And here's a good question to ask yourself if you have this gift. Do you always see the good in people? Yeah, I get, yeah, I know they did all of that. But let's give them another chance. Let's give them another chance. I had a person leave our church. It was Facebook at that time. Send to all 300 of my friends, whatever I had, That I, how I was a cult. Left our church, told all the friends how I was a cult. Two months later, comes back, oops, I was wrong. All of the elders wanted to pummel him and beat him down, send him on his way and say, take that. I am dead serious because you know when you're protecting your church and your pastor or your father or your mother, it's like, I'm going to die for them. I had to come to the leaders and I said, you know what? Let's forgive them. Bring them back into the church. We let him back into the church because we said we forgive. Think about these things right here before we go today. We all want gifts at Christmas time, but do you want to give one? God gave gifts to the church. We talked about leadership last week. God's raising up leaders. Now here we have people just like you and me. I'm not special. Don't go there. Remember, that's pride. Why don't you ask God what gifts he gave you? Maybe it's the gift of prophesying, speaking words to others, serving, working for the church and others, teaching, teaching the word of God, encouraging, building others up with your word, contributing, meeting the needs of others, leadership, helping lead and make a difference. And then showing mercy, being the person God called you to be. The question is today, do you want to give it back to God and his people? We sure could use your gift around here. We don't have enough of anything in any of our leadership. We are always behind, just like Jesus. Jesus said, the harvest is great, but the laborers are few. We could use more children's workers. We could use more youth workers. We could use more Wicker Park team. We could use more Saturday evangelism team. We could do all that. I'm going to ask you to pray as we close out of here today and say, God, I'm tired of being Jimmy. I'll take all you can give me when I come on Sunday. And, Lord, today I'm going to ask, what can I give back? Amen. Can we pray that? Father, help us today to discover our gifts. What can we give back, Lord? What can we give back? Lord, I pray you speak to every one of us right now. What are our gifts? What are things we're good at? God, you made us and you did not make any junk. Lord, reveal your gifts to us. Oh, God, use us. Make a church, Lord, oh, that's healthy, healthy with all of its members, each body part doing what it was meant to do. Come on, we'll give you a few more moments. Altar workers, would you come and get ready to bring out some encouragement today, some some prayers of mercy today some leadership today. I thank God we got some some gifted people here that are going to give some gifts out this morning. Amen. But let's keep praying because I want to know is there any other gifts in here? I wanted to look under the Christmas tree of Metro Praise this morning and see if there's any people here that are gifts to this congregation that want to be used. Even if nobody tells you thank you, you're going to do it for God. Just a few more moments. God, show us our gifts. Some of you might be shy. You might say, I don't know. I know I got a gift, but I'm a little nervous. Ask God to give you power, boldness. Come on, the Bible says he'll give it to you. That's grace. Grace. Lord, I pray as we dismiss now that those that need to receive encouragement, mercy, leadership, God, that they'll come up and receive it from these leaders up here that give their gifts away every Sunday. And Lord, uh, for the rest of us, as we go home today, I pray that we unwrap these gifts and put them in your hands. Don't let us hold on to it for ourselves. Don't let us waste it. God, show us how we can be a part of this body. In Jesus' name. Can everybody say amen? Can you bless the Lord this afternoon? Amen. God bless you. We're going to worship today. And if you got to go, go. But if you need prayer, let us encourage you.